And all God's people said, Amen. And amen. Thank you. Amen. We serve an awesome Lord. Amen. Man, this has been a beautiful week. Really has. Temperature is just right. How many of you enjoyed the cool evenings? We are having cool evenings. It's in the 70s. Evening time. In the cool of the day. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Well, convention is still going on, and they're having healings today, miracles, signs, and wonders. And uh, so I thought it would be appropriate that we would minister along the same lines uh, of miracle signs and wonders, and then uh, let some of you share some of the things that God has been doing in your life. I've asked Jim to come up in a few minutes and and uh, share the testimony. He got a healing when uh, Brother Roberts was here, manifested, amen. And uh, so we're going to let him share that with you. And if you have something that the Lord's done for you recently, Amen. Uh, we want you to have the time to be able to share that. So it's really important. We thank you for being here. I realize this is, uh, you know, that Saturdays is uh, lots of time, some of people's only time off, that maybe Sunday, and uh, for you to come and uh, participate and be a part of this is just uh, an awesome thing. And we thank God for you. Uh, I do want you to know there is a lot more of us that are not attending. And uh, matter of fact, there's enough of us that we would have to meet in the sanctuary. So we need to get each one of us uh, out and witness to people and let them know that uh, we're having a great time and uh, we we need them. We need them uh, to come and to be a part and I think the church has about 170 uh, that's in our age group from 55 and up. So that, that's, a, that's a good number. Not all of them attend church on a regular basis, but if everybody showed up at one time, there's about 170 in that age group that attend Heritage of Faith and call it their church home. So uh, we encourage you, if you, you, some of those that you might know, uh, invite them to come to the next one. Does anybody know what the date is on the next one? First Saturday of, of uh, September. What's first Saturday of September? I didn't. That's okay. We're going to labor right here. We're going to labor. What is it? September 4th. September 4th is our next uh, meeting. Uh, I talked to Pastor about it. He didn't want us to take any breaks. He wants us to keep it going. Uh, as as it is, sometimes we miss things, and uh, he wants us to keep it churning, keep it going. And uh, I realize sometimes people have family and stuff like that. We understand all of that. Yeah. Uh, we are going to take a break at Christmas time. Uh, but that's because we're so busy here at the church. There's so many things going on and everything else. So we're, we're looking forward to that time. How many of you know Christmas is next week? <laughs> I'm telling you, it's passing so quick. Here we, here we are in August, and we just started yesterday in January. So it, it's just flying. 
uh, I, you know, as we get older uh, in the natural, uh, have you noticed that time seems to fly a lot faster? Yeah. Amen. Uh, it's hard to believe that we've gotten to this, to this place in this short a time. You know, it only took uh, some of us just a few years to get to the, where we're at right now. You know, some of us are, are in our 60s, and some are, some are in the 50s, some are in the 70s, some are higher than that. And uh, it only took us a short time to get there. And uh, here we are. I, it just seemed like I graduated, you know, from high school just a, a few years ago. And uh, it's just amazing how time is fl- flying by. Remember, he said it's just like a vapor. Life is just, it's just, it's a short period of time. So we need to enjoy our time here because this is where we make all of our eternal decisions, where we're going to spend our eternity, uh, and all of those things while we're here on this planet called Earth. And so we just need to have our hearts prepared and ready. Uh, as I've shared, you know, death is a wonderful experience. I've not experienced it yet. But I know, too, that it is a wonderful experience. The Lord says it is. If it's precious in His sight, it needs to be precious in our sight. Amen. Not that we want to get on a trip and go right now. But if He came, how many of us are ready? To catch the church away? A moment in the twinkling of an eye? You're here and then you're gone. You're out of this place. But you know, it's a win-win situation. Uh, we just did a funeral here recently for an individual who knew the Lord, uh, spent uh, 70-something years here on this planet called Earth. And, and uh, you know, it, it's, it's just a win-win thing. You can't look at all of the natural things in life as negative. And uh, how many of you know the Lord has told us to look positive on things? To keep things in a perspective where they need to be. Because, see, we are eternal. We're eternal beings. And uh, if we've made the decision to accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, it's a win-win situation. To be present. He said to live Christ and to die is gain. Gain means plus. It's a plus in our life. And so... He says that we groan in our spirit. We're groaning to be clothed with His uh, perfection in our life. Amen. But, you know, while we sojourn here, He has made provision for everything. Everything that pertains to natural life. Everything that pertains to our spiritual life. Amen. Uh, If you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to open up. I just have a few scriptures I'm going to share with you. These are all familiar places. These are people that got healed. And it was a special special moment in their life when these uh, things took place. How many of you know that in, uh, you don't have to turn there, but in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, what does it say? Jesus Christ the same. Yesterday today, and forever. So what he was doing yesterday, he's still doing today, and he will continue to do it for eternity. That's just his character. That's his nature. So in Acts chapter 3, if you turn there, Acts chapter 3, there's a story that all of you are familiar with. Starting at verse number 1. It says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. Now, back in uh, Jesus' day, when he was walking on this planet, People went to church every day. Every day. And some people have a problem going to church once a week. 
in our society today. But it was, it was the normal lifestyle for those that professed and accepted Jesus as their personal Savior to attend church on a daily basis, and they would go to the house of God to pray. So that's what Peter and John were doing. Now, this is not the first time that they have gone to the temple uh, to pray. It was a customary thing that they did on a daily basis. So every day, this man was laid at the temple gate, and they passed by him on numerous occasions. This is not the first time that they have seen this lame man asking for alms at the gate beautiful. And so, but there's something special about this day. This day, there is something that is supernatural that transpires and happens that this man was, he was not expecting to get what he got, but he was expecting. And we'll just read it here. And it says, a certain man, he in verse 2 again, lame from his mother's womb, he's never walked before, Carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask an alms. So he's asking them for something. What do you think he's asking them for? Money. He's asking them for some type of sustenance that will sustain his life. So that was his job on a daily basis, was to ask alms of those that were going into the temple. And so, and Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Now, how many of us are expecting Jesus to do what needs to be done in our life. Amen. Amen. We're expecting it. We talk about it in church all the time. It's being preached all the time. We need to have our expector to receive what it is that the Lord has for us. If we need a healing, we should expect to get it. If we need finances, we should get to get, we should expect to get it. That is if we're sowers. If we don't plant, we don't reap. You, you've got to plant. If you don't plant, God will give you the first seed. He's promised that. He said he'd give seed to the sower, then bread to his own. Once you have received a seed, don't eat your seed. Plant your seed so that you can get a harvest, get a crop. My granddaddy uh, was a farmer, and uh, I would go to him, uh, go with him out into the field and, and got to learn how to drive the tractors, learn how to drive I already knew how to drive before, you know, before I even got into my teens. And it was just, it was just a normal thing. But he, he had a system where he had seed that he had purchased uh, from the seed that he had uh, harvested from the previous year. He would go back and take that seed and he would plant that first uh harvest of seed into the ground. Then he would go to the uh, the banker and he would ask the banker for more money to plant a larger crop because he was always expanding his crops. Always had gr- greater land, purchasing more land, leasing more land, that sort of thing. So he had to have more seed. He didn't have enough of the original seed uh, from his crop uh, to plant. But he would go into the banker and uh, he would agree with uh, make an agreement with the banker. It was all verbal. There was no any. There was nothing that he signed. It was something that just happened on a regular basis because he was a regular client with that banker, known him for years, had always been faithful to take care of all of his responsibility. And so, all that it required was a handshake. He would ask him, he said, how much do you need? He would tell him how much you need. He said, that's fine. He said, uh, uh, when will you pay? He would say, right after harvest within a certain period of time. And he said, that'll be fine. And he shook his hand. He said, that's, that's all that we need. They had a handshake. Wasn't anything to be written down, you know, in the, in the natural. Well, I'm saying all this uh, to you is in order for him to continue to have a crop, he had to keep planting. 
and he would plant his best seed that he could get from his crop. And he would always save that portion back so that he could replant. And we always had a great crop. You know, when other people's crops were failing, his was not. Why? It was a principle. It was a law. He continued to plant seed. He never stopped planting seed. Some of the farmers would sell all of their crop, not keep their seed. They'd have to go to the bank, you know, and purchase and get seed, you know, that was not the top seed for crops. And so sometimes they would have crop failures. He never had a crop failure because he kept honoring the Lord in what he told him to do. So he got a miracle. He didn't become a, a Christian until later on in life, and but the principle worked. How many of you know it, it falls on the just and the unjust alike? If you'll, if you'll plant the seed, God will honor what his word says because that's what he, he hastens to his word to bring a performance to it. So they took this young man, laid him at the gate beautiful uh, on a daily basis. This time, Peter and John, after, after seeing him, something caught their attention. There was something that the Holy Ghost was doing inside of them. And they said, listen, look on us. Now, how many of you know Jesus is the healer? He's the healer. But how many of you know he has to have an instrument or a tool to work through? How many of you know that you're the instrument and you're the tool? They felt an unction to function. That's what they felt on the inside of them. An unction to function. And so they said, look on us. So he did. He gave heed unto them expecting to receive something of them. He expected to receive something. How many, when you plant your finances, how many of you expect to receive something from it? Amen. Don't just give it and throw it in the bucket and say, well, that's just my obligation or my responsibility. 10% is what the Lord gets and that's it. If you go with that attitude, you're not going to get in return what it is that the Lord wants you to give because he wants us to do it not grudgingly, not of necessity. He wants us to do it cheerfully. So it says, then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. He had something. He recognized he had something. Something that I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand. Peter took him by the hand. And he lifted him up. And immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and he walked and he entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. Now, where did he go? He went into the temple. Prior to that, he wasn't going into the temple. What was he doing? He was sitting outside, and he was asking all of the people that were coming in for alms. He wasn't going into the temple himself. He was waiting to receive something because he was begging for his livelihood. This time, he got what he needed. Now, I want you to think about it a minute. How many of you think it was a miracle that he walked, he leaped into the temple of God, praising God. How did he learn how to walk? He didn't know how to walk. He didn't know how to use those muscles to walk. He didn't, he didn't have that understanding. He, hadn't, he had never done that in his life. But he went walking and leaping and praising God right into the temple of the living God. And everybody that was there recognized who he was. They knew he was the man that was set daily. They saw the phenomena that had taken place and they saw wonders that day. How many of you know it probably shook up the whole temple? I'm sure people were excited for him. I'm sure some people thought, well, he, he could walk all the time. They just set him there, but he really could walk all the time. The naysayers, always looking for why it didn't happen, why it didn't work. But in this case, 
Peter and John felt something within them. They had the unction to function, and they gave him what he really needed. Now, how many of you know now he doesn't have to sit at the temple and beg? Now he can go out and do something and be constructive with his life. Amen? Instead of just sitting at the temple. How many of you know the Lord always does things for us so that he can better us? Make us to go forward in life. How many of you know when if you don't feel well, then it makes all other aspects of your life kind of deteriorate? When people don't feel well, they don't feel like fellowshipping. They don't feel like praising. They don't feel like going to church. They don't feel like this. They don't feel like that because they don't feel well. But when you feel well, when, when things are, when you're on top, how many of you don't mind going into church? Matter of fact, you look forward to going to church so that you can walk and leap and praise God just like he did that day. It was just a natural thing for him to do in a supernatural fashion. Amen? So there's, there's one example. A layman at the gate beautiful gets what he needs, not what he wanted. In that case, he got what he needed. Not what necessarily, he wanted some type of support. Well, he got all the support he needed. Now he can make his own in life. Amen. Go with me back to Luke's gospel, chapter number 5. Luke's gospel, chapter 5. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Chapter 5. Oh, let's see. Starting at uh, verse number 1. It says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the gate of the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two ships standing by the lake, But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and he prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, or when he had finished preaching, sharing the word, he said unto Simon, he said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets plural, for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. He told him to throw out the nets and he let down a net. And when he had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and they filled both the ships, with, uh, so that they began to sink. And Simon Peter, when Simon Peter saw it, He fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, uh, and all that were with him, at the draught of fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch Men. Now, what did the fish represent to Simon? And John? Livelihood, sustenance, income. When the net begins to break, he summons his partners, which are on the shore, observing, I'm sure, and seeing that things are going on. And something supernatural is happening. How many of you know that when Jesus is in your ship, 
When he's in the house, how many of you know things happen? Supernatural things happen. Greater things that's in you than, uh, than things that are in this world. You're, you're not an accident waiting to happen. You're a miracle that is happening. Amen? You are. And it doesn't make any difference how old we are, how young we are. It's the greater one that lives on the inside of us. And we should expect his highest and his best. Amen? The highest and best. Amen. Do you know what the difference is between a filet mignon and a New York steak? A filet mignon in New York will cost you probably between 45 to $75 in New York City. And all the other steaks won't even come in comparison to the filet mignon because they say that the filet mignon is the best piece of meat off of the animal. The softest, the most tender of all the meats that are on that beast of burden. So you pay a higher price. So which would you rather have, the filet mignon or just a New York steak? I'm sorry? A skilled butcher. Let's say that we have the skilled butcher. We want the best, right? We should expect the best from the Lord. We should not expect mediocrity. He doesn't want to half heal you. He wants to make you every whit whole. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Amen. How many remember the story of the little woman that had the issue of blood? Mark's Gospel, chapter number 5, starting about verse number 25, 24, 25 down to about verse 34. He talks about her and has said that she had been in that condition for 12 years. She had sought everything she possibly could to get well. Now I want to say something about doctors. and We're not against doctors. We should, we should never be against doctors. Number one, God is all knowledge. He's the one that gives people knowledge to start with. So... Thank God for doctors. They're trying to help. I believe that every doctor she went to tried to help her get well. But it didn't work. But she heard about somebody that was going about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Well, he was God. He was Emmanuel, God with us. And he was operating underneath the, the, the presence and the power of the word of God that was within him. And he went about doing good. And she found out about him. She heard about him. And she found out that he was coming in her neighborhood. I'm paraphrasing this. And when she heard about it, she started saying within herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment or his clothes... I know that I'll be made whole. She wasn't just looking for a healing. She was looking to be made completely whole. W-H-O-L-E. Not just healed of the disease, but made completely whole. How many of you know when Lazarus died? Lazarus died of a sickness. They placed him in the tomb. He was dead. Jesus comes by after four days, says, Roll away the stone. They said, Lord, he stinketh by now. As if the stink is going to make a difference whether he gets healed or doesn't. It doesn't make any difference if he smells or not. I realize that some people would say, no, don't do that. Don't do that. He does smell by now. He's decaying. He's dead. Why would we do that? But yet he said, roll the stone away. He rode the stone away. He spoke into the regions of the damned because that's where Lazarus was. He was in Abraham's bosom. 
He had already, listen, when you leave this life, you leave immediately. You're gone. Your spirit and your soul is gone. Gone into the presence of the Lord. To be absent is to be present. So he had already gone into Abraham's bosom. He was in Abraham's bosom. And the Bible says Jesus raised his voice. And he told him, called him, he said, Lazarus. He said, come forth. Now they had him wrapped up like a mummy. And all the spices, the aloes, all of the different things that the Jewish people did, they had him wrapped up like a mummy. And it says he appeared at the front of the tomb. How did he get to the front of the tomb? He floated. He floated in the spirit to the front of the tomb. He didn't walk to the front of the tomb. He was wrapped up. And then Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Unwind him. Grave clothes. And in the life, when you step out into eternity, you're not dead, you're alive. You're more alive then than you'll ever be in your entire history and life on this earth. Well, what's that got to do with this little woman with the issue of blood? Well, this little woman with the issue of blood, she had an expectancy, didn't she? Just like the young man uh, that was laid in front of the gate beautiful. She was expecting to get something from Jesus. She went for something with the intent to get it. So she presses through the crowd, which she's breaking the law of the land because she was supposed to stay within a hundred yards or whatever it was uh, from uh, all of society not be in their midst, but yet she presses through the crowd. And the crowd is that's following Jesus is packed. She gets to Jesus. She's on the ground. She's pressing through, pushing her way through. And she reaches and she touches the hem of his garment. Jesus had on his priestly robe. And on the bottom of the priestly robe is tassels. They all represent the healing of the nations. A promise of the old covenant. She reaches that and she, she gets what she came for. And Jesus knew immediately when somebody touched him because he turned himself about and he said, who touched me? What do the disciples say? God's spiritual warriors. What did they say? Everybody's touching you. How can you say who's touching me? He said, no, somebody touched me and pulled virtue out of me. Then he saw her. She came and she confessed everything. And he looked at her and he said, daughter. How many of you know when he says daughter, that's a good thing. Son, daughter. She understood who God was. She loved God. She just didn't know how to get what it was that the first covenant promised her. Thy faith hath made thee whole. You and I, we serve the same Jesus today and What do I need? He's still faithful. He hasn't run out of miracles. He hasn't run out of signs and wonders. He's ready to do whatever it is that you have need of Him to do. How is your family? How are you? He takes care of everything that we love, He loves. How many of you know He'll heal your animals? He'll heal your animals. First church we pastored, there was a, one of our kids, we had a Christian school in our church, and, and uh, there was a kid in our school that, their dog had gotten real sick. And we always had chapel before we started our, our uh, school day. And uh, this child was, was just heartbroken because they said that they'd taken it to the vet and they said that the dog wasn't going to make it. You can either go ahead and put him down or 
take him home and just wait. But the dog's not going to make it. There's nothing we can do. And she said, I love my dog. And she said, Pastor, would you pray for my dog? That the dog would be healed. I know you pray for people. Would you pray for my dog? And so we prayed for the dog. She went home that afternoon and the dog was up on his feet running around just like there's nothing ever the matter with a dog. Because God loves what you love. And he'll take care of it. Amen. Now that's not lowering the standard. It's just that he loves what you love. And he said, whatever things you ask in my name, that will I do. I will do it. It doesn't violate the word. So you and I should be expecting God to do wonderful things. Now I'm going to ask Jim to come and let him share what it is that the Lord did for him, how the Lord healed him. Well, we know how he healed him. Praise God. You all are my witnesses. God is in the healing business every day. I give him all the credit. Do I, do I really need that? Well, you know, I have to thank your pastor, Phil. After that message, we could have Thrive right now. We could, we could go a week early, <laughs> but we won't. No, really, I see a lot of smiling faces in this crowd tonight, to this, mor- this morning, what is it? afternoon. Afternoon. Um, as, as Pastor was preaching, I, I was just sensing the Spirit of God. I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just so pleased. But I'm, I'm pleased that I am totally healed. And, I, and I'll tell you from the beginning what happened to me four months in just a minute. But I want to encourage you that you, the praying mamas, the praying papas, the prayer warriors, okay, it's you standing in the gap for me. And, and I give God all the thanks um, if you know Pastor's heart, Pastor Justin, a lot of things he says from the pulpit, but something that stood out while I went through this period when I didn't think I was going to walk again. He said, this is a praying church and a, and a, a church that's filled with faith. And I thank God and I thank, thank you all. Okay. And I want to share a few things with you. I wanted to get that out first. <laughs> okay. Um, there, there's so many things I, w- I want to say and share. I don't normally get up and speak that often. But uh, f- four months ago, y'all saw me come in the church on crutches. And y'all gave me the looks like a ghost. What in the world happened to you, Jim? Okay. Well, you know, Patty and I went into prayer. Okay. Um, I learned some things from Southwest Believers Convention this week. There were a lot of things. There's a lot of things that were impressed. I remember General Flynn talking about four areas, four areas of warfare, right? Personal, emotional. Some of you that were there from Flashpoint on, uh, on Sunday night. But one of the things that stood out was he said the most powerful weapon we have is the weapon of prayer. Okay. And for you guys, I went to James chapter 516 where it says, For the effectual and fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman makes tremendous power available. Okay. This, this word that we preach, this word that you hear, is filled with the power of God. That's what brings us to salvation. It's just not words on a book. Okay. So, um, anyways, with that said, uh, for the effectual and fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Deutimous power, that's explosive power. All right. Um, I had been having problems with my feet for most of my life. It never kept me out of the military. 
But as as time went on, I'm pretty active. I'm pretty athletic, and and um, this was something that took. It was 30 years in the in the making. So Patty and I said, we, we need to get a plan. We need to plan. We need to know what to pray against. So the first thing we thought of, as Pastor said, uh, God uses doctors. Okay? We had to know what, what was happening in my body. Okay? And, the, and the Lord took me to Ezekiel 37, and I'm going to go through that in just a minute. Okay. These dry bones hear the word of the Lord. All right. Um, I went in and saw a foot specialist. Took x-rays. Okay. Um, He didn't like what he saw. Okay. Now, this is in the natural. This is in the natural. Um, My left foot, an arch, had totally collapsed. It had actually gone Totally flat. I had flat feet most of my life, but it had actually gone the other way. Okay. Um, What made me go in to the doctor was on my right foot, which had arthritis. Um, My big toe, I was recommended of having an implant. (laughs) Um, We can give you temporary relief. We can put you in arches. We can give you steroid shots. But we know all that stuff is is temporary, right? Do we not? All right. So, um, I uh, I took the doctor's advice, knowing that Jesus, every name in heaven has to bow down to the name of arthritis, has to bow down to degeneration. All right, all those things. All right, so they recommended me to see a uh, orthopedic clinic where they actually built a uh, a knee brace and ankle brace for me, and they said, "Wear this, see how it feels." Okay, where in the back of their in the back of this surgeon's mind was, we might someday have to do surgery. We might have to fuse your left bones and or we'll have to put in a, a, a new uh, joint implant, as they called it. Okay. So, with that said, Patty and I went to work in intercessory prayers. And by that time, many of you were intercessory prayers for us through the Thrive Group leadership, right? through the, the prayer groups. Right? We actually had a network. We actually had a network. And this is what he said to me. This is uh, Elijah the prophet. Behold, I will, I will breathe every, I will breathe, enter you so that life may come to you. I will put sinews on you. I will make the flesh grow. I will cover those, that flesh with new skin, and I will breathe in you new life that will come alive, and you will know that I am the Lord thy God. Okay, now. All right, it gets better. Let's get better. I hope you're all were listening to what, what Pastor was saying on, on healing. Okay. All right. Um, like I said, I, I did all the things that the doctor said. Being in prayer that our, our God is a mighty God. Two weeks ago, we went to the uh, Richard Roberts service. Okay. The Lord told me two things. He said, be expecting to be healed, and I want you to come. Actually, he said three things. I want you to come expecting, just like the widow woman with the, I mean, just like the woman with the issue of blood. If I could only touch the hem 
of his garment. I know that I will be healed. I went in to that service. Patty was in agreement with me, expecting to be healed. But I was only at, now get this, I was only asking that he heal not just my left, not just my right, but both of my feet. I thought, dear Lord, if I don't get these feet back, I won't be able to be a very good minister of the gospel, will I? Let alone, I won't be able to cut my grass anymore. I'll have to hire somebody. Don't want to do that. <laughs> so he, he said three things. Be, be in expectancy to be healed. I don't want you to wear your brace. Okay, He gave me these shoes to wear. And then he said, whatever it is that... Richard Roberts tells you to do, do it, and do it obediently, and do it immediately. All right. Well, some of you know what happened after that. Okay? Now, Richard Roberts and his dad, I mean, they're, <laughs> these, this, is, this is present to me. They're like present-day Elijah and Elisha <laughs> in the flesh. Current generation, last generation. Okay. Um, the anointing was so strong there. He called out, someone's being healed of arthritis, and someone has pain in their right foot. And there were several people that came up. Okay. And I remember he came up close to me, and he, and he said, Jumped three times. And I expected him to say something else like, well, do something you couldn't do before. All right. Immediately when I finished jumping three times, y'all are my witnesses. (laughs) I heard this voice that said, run. Now catch this. Catch this. You will be a witness to everybody in this church, both those that prayed and those that didn't pray for you. Okay? And I understand the YouTube, it went viral. It went all over the world. Um, I, I heard this voice said, that said, run, and I took off, and it was like... It was like a, almost like a parting of the sea of people. I mean, it was, it was, I know it happened real quick, but to me it was in slow motion. And it was like, <laughs> it's funny. It was like I was in this marathon, didn't last very long. And I had all these people cheering me on and clapping. Yes. And, I, and I know in the natural, that's exactly, that's exactly what happened. So, <laughs> so I, I came around, and I got back in my seat, and I said to Patty, I said, babe, you know, I've, I've never been able to run like that in years. I haven't run. I haven't run like that. I'm 73 years old, 73 and a half. I've, I've never been able to run like that again because my, my feet always were in pain. I was always fighting that. And, and when I took off... From the front, I actually felt like my feet were on a cushion, going like that. All right, all right. So I praise God. I give Him all, all the glory. I thank each and every one of you in the body here, in the local church, in our church, for being faithful and obedient. Okay, now. It gets better. Gets better. All right. Again, going back to what Pastor was saying here on healing. Um, the woman with the issue of blood for twelve years, she got what she want, right? But what happened? She got above and beyond and more than she could ever think. 
A week after that uh, uh, Richard Roberts service, um, Patty and I had an invitation in Dallas to have dinner with uh, our youngest son and, uh, and his girlfriend. <laughs> and uh, we had a good time. And um, I usually drive at night with my glasses on. Now, I don't have any restrictions on my driver's license. Of course, I haven't had it renewed in almost six years either, but I'm, I'm believing for the best, okay? I'm believing for the best. And so I said to Patty, I says, uh, we get in the car, we get out, get out on the freeway, we're heading back on I-30. I said, why am I wearing these things? I says, Patty, I can see, I can see those tail lights. I can see those uh, headlights up front. I can see those stop lights way up there. Why am I wearing these? And so, um, again, uh, it, it, it was a manifestation of you know God. God is so good. God is so good. He he asked he he gave me what I had asked for. And then he turns around and he gives me the th- something that I didn't think, I didn't think he'd bother, but he, 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 do, he does want, he does want to know. He just wants you to ask. So, um, I, I can read my iPhone. <laughs> I can read my, uh, amplified Bible <laughs> for the most part. Without having to wear, wear glasses. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Last but not least, how much time we got left? Oh, boy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How much time have I got? Have I got five minutes? Okay. All right. I'm going to be obedient. Um, yes, Lord. The anointing of the anointing to heal is here. The anointing is here to heal a, a special person, a, a special person that knows what I've been through very recently. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to be obedient. Kenneth Copeland says, "Your obedience is greater than your sacrifice." Remember, remember, remember that from the Southwest Blues? So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, extend your hand to Pastor Diane. Extend your hand. Ooh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Ooh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In 3 John 2, it says... Brethren, above all, I wish that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And in the name of Jesus, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, Diane, we speak total and complete healing to your body, especially, especially, especially your feet. We speak to the other parts too. We speak healing. We speak new new life, new breath into your lungs. We speak healing and restoration to those lungs, to the respiratory system. You fly like wings of ego. He renews your strength daily in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood, the precious blood of the Lamb. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You all heard my testimony today. We triumph through the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. And in Jesus' name, be healed right now. Right now. Go in health and be healed. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor. Anybody else, you have something that you'd like to share? Okay.
I had strong tinnitus in both ears. And uh, I could still hear everything, but it was just all the time, like a annoying radio station. And uh, Pastor Diane prayed for me. Well, in about one day, the left ear was fine. But the right ear just was hanging on. And I had been praying, and I had asked, and she had prayed, and she had asked. And I put my faith with her faith. And it started getting softer and softer and softer. And I just kept talking to it. I said, devil, you got to go. You got to go because you're annoying me. And, and you're not supposed to annoy me. So I'm commanding you in the name of Jesus to get out of my ear and leave me alone. Well, he would go away for a day or two, and then he'd come back. And then he'd go away for a day or two. He's just being annoying. He's like a just, just a ugly little puppy nipping at your heel all the time, you know, like that, you know. But <laughs> I'm going to stand over here. But um, I went to a, uh, I've been with my sister at a, a ladies, not a retreat. I keep telling her, please call it advance. We don't retreat. I don't retreat in Jesus' name. And so I was not retreating over this ear either. I didn't even tell her about it because that would be the wrong thing to do. You'd have to know my family. But anyway, it went totally away. I hadn't been bothered with it all week long. Yesterday, we were getting ready to go out on a little excursion. And um, all the ladies were, you know, loading up. I was in the bedroom that I was sharing with my sister, and and it just got real loud, like, you know, just like that. And I said, get off of my ear. And I hit myself, put my finger in my ear, and pulled it out. It's gone. Yeah. No? But... With what Jim said about going above and beyond, for the past, uh, it would have to be six months, because I had two A1Cs that were, if you know anything about blood sugar, nine is really not a good number for you. And so it was like 9.6, 9.7. And one time I went back to the doctor, and he said, well, you've come down a little bit. And I went, well, good, great. What is it? 9.1. And I looked at him and I said, no, no, that's not right. And then I started crying. He said, well, don't do that. And I said, you don't understand. My A1C is not supposed to be in the nines. And so last week, I had gone through the whole thing again, went back to the doctor, and I specifically said, I do not want to be in the eights. If you're going to come in here and tell me I'm in the eights, you can just stay at home. Well, he came in. He sat down. He pulls it all out. And he's looking at it. And he goes, well, what do you know? You're 7.8. Thank you. Next time I'm here, I'm going to be in the fives, okay? Right? <laughs> because that's good. But anyway, praise God. Amen. Anyone else? How many of you know that sometimes healing in your body, you can't see what needs to be healed? The places that need to be healed aren't always visible to the human eye. But nonetheless, they're broken and not whole. And the healing that's taking place in my life is not visible maybe to the eye, except, of course, when I cry all the time. But now then those tears are from being in the presence of God and not from pain. And so I just want to give God praise and glory for restoring and healing me in places that have been broken for years, years. And he's in, he's heal, they're, they're manifesting. And you can't share it all, but there is a quick scripture I want to share that this morning uh, the Lord just said, Isaiah 58, read it, read it. And he kept, he kept speaking righteous acts of kindness. He kept saying righteous acts of kindness. And, and it's right here, so I'm, I'm going to read it. 
58, 1 through 5 was good, but I'm not going to read that. And it starts at 6. Here is the sort of fast I want, releasing those unjustly bound, untying the thongs of the yoke, letting the oppressed go free, breaking every yoke, sharing your food with the hungry, taking the homeless poor into your house, clothing the naked when you see them, fulfilling your duty to your kinsmen. Then your light will burst forth like the morning. Your new skin will quickly grow over your wound. That's healing if I've ever heard of it. Your righteousness will precede you. Those are righteous acts of kindness towards each other. Then you will call. Then you will call, Adonai will answer. And you will cry, and he will say, here I am. If you will remove the yoke from among you, stop false accusation and slander, generously offer food to the hungry, and meet the needs of the person in trouble, then your light will rise in the darkness. Hallelujah. And your gloom become like noon. Adonai will always guide you. He will satisfy your needs in the desert. He will renew my spring whose water never fails. I will rebuild the ancient ruins, raise foundations from ages past, and be called repairer of my broken walls and restore the streets to live Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Patty? Everybody knows that I went through COVID last May, and I had long-lasting effects, which, woo-hoo, I'm lucky. Um, Tacked my lungs, and I couldn't breathe, and the doctors didn't know what to do for me. I went through a pulmonary function test, and they said, yeah, your lungs are damaged. And I said, yeah, I know that. Can't breathe. And they gave me some inhaler. That didn't work. So they sent me to a different pulmonologist, and he said, well, what that guy gave you doesn't do anything for your lungs. So he gave me Advair, and that stuff worked great. It opened up my lungs. I could breathe. It was nice. It was nice to be able to breathe, and it was to be able to sleep at night without waking up feeling like I was suffocating. Richard Roberts came. He asked for people that were having trouble with their lungs or whatever. I, I stood up. He didn't touch me, didn't say anything to me. Prayed, and I sat down, and all of a sudden I could take, <sighs> inhale. I could <gasps> breathe. My lungs weren't dead. Uh, and so I was healed. Amen. Amen. Well, we serve a good God. Amen. Amen. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. Amen. How many of you have uh, members of your family or friends, you know, that are sick and they're in need of prayer? Lift your hand. Okay. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to have you all stand. Everybody can stand but Diane. Karen has a son-in-law who contracted COVID, lives in Florida, has two young children. He's in the hospital. He's on a respirator. And uh, it's, it's in the natural is a very serious situation. They didn't expect him to even live, if I understood right, didn't expect him to live through the night. He has obviously lived through the night. And so we're going to pray for, his name is Joe. We're going to pray for Joe. I know other people are already praying, have been praying. But we're going to pray for Joe that he gets released from COVID. We're going to ask for a supernatural deliverance for him. At the same time, I don't know your prayer request, but you do. I want you to present that to the Lord as well. And we're going to get it taken care of, all of it at one time. 
Amen. Are you ready? Father, we come to you right now in Jesus' name. The name that is above every name. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray for Joe. And Lord, for all of these others that are being brought before you right now. We take authority over the circumstances and the situation in Joe's life and all these other people's lives. We claim them for the healing virtue to flow in and through their body. We thank you, Lord, from the top of their heads to the sole of their feet. You went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with you. God is with us, and you said whatever things we would ask in your name, that would you do. So we ask in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that every person that is being prayed right now is set free, delivered in the name of Jesus from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. For Joe, we speak to this COVID to leave his body and leave it permanently, permanently in Jesus' name. We also speak supernatural recovery. Every effect that it has had upon his body to be totally restored back to normal operation and function. Every wit whole. Every wit whole in Jesus' name. We give you praise for it. We give you honor. We give you glory. We expect to hear testimonies concerning this because we agree together. We believe together. And we receive together in their behalf in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. So be it. Now you be expecting, you, you be expecting the Lord to do something supernaturally in what you prayed for. Amen. Praise God.